Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hired Geek Podcast. This is episode number 142 with Jackson Boyer of Mentor Collective. So it's our first proper episode of this year's season, season six. I've uh, been hoping to get Jackson on for a little while. Very grateful for uh, his time to talk about the great work that Mentor Collective is doing, uh, the backstory of how it came to be, and just kind of the inner workings of their approach, uh, which I really love. Uh, I've been a mentor myself for my uh, undergrad as an alumni, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, so definitely go check out what they're working on. Uh, the great people doing great stuff. Uh, and so excited to see what's to come for them. Uh, and just really appreciate the time uh, to talk all about it here for the podcast. As usual, go check out the show notes. Uh, go check out our merch store, help support the show, share it out. And without further ado, uh, this is episode number 142 with Jackson Boyer. Well, I am super excited for this episode. This one's been uh, cooking for a while. I've been wanting to have uh, you on, Jackson, for uh, a little while. I'm so glad we have some time today to, to talk more about uh, the work that you and your team are doing there at Mentor Collective. So uh, we will get right to it. I do not want to waste uh, any more time. Uh, yeah, if you want to do, uh, you know, as we always do to kick off the episode, introduce yourself and your professional journey of how you got to be where you are today. Thanks so much, Dustin. And Great to be here. Thanks for your patience as we closed out 2021. Uh, so my name is Jackson Boyer. I'm co-founder and CEO of Mentor Collective, which is a company that helps uh, over 150 institutions of higher learning run online mentoring programs. And I'm not sure how much you want to hear about the, the nitty gritty of my professional journey. I can go way back in time, but I'll, I'll just start by sharing that Mentor Collective uh, first originated as a pro bono side project. When my co-founder and I graduated college, we were working in a management consulting company, and both of us had a passion for helping international students acclimate to American culture. Um, this originated in our own journeys as international students studying abroad, and we were helping a small number of schools uh, deliver mentorship to their international students uh, to overcome social uh, norms and differences entering American education and to decrease culture shock and build a sense of belonging. And what we learned over time is that this practice of mentoring was prevalent across all offices, departments in higher education. Um, very rarely was it delivered at scale. Uh, and oftentimes the students who needed mentoring most were not accessing these formalized programs. And so we quickly expanded beyond serving just international students. We ended up quitting our jobs and starting a company, now Mentor Collective, around the cause. And our mission has always been to close equity gaps in higher education. And while we started with international students, we very quickly expanded to first-generation college students, to online adult learners to underrepresented students in STEM. Uh, very broadly, um, we recognized that mentoring was an under-resourced but high-impact intervention that could improve student success, could close equity gaps in higher education. And we're still very early in our journey today in fulfilling that work, but proud of what we've accomplished. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate the uh, kind of origin story there, sort of the uh, kind of genesis of the idea and everything. And yeah, I mean, that's what I've always, I've been observing your all's work and what just fascinates me as just that idea of like, it's not a new concept, but kind of the full hearted approach that you all are taking to it to, uh, 
scale it up and make it as accessible as possible and as effective as possible. Um, just is really awesome. So I guess if you want to just kind of explain a little bit about uh, your approach and um, how you actually kind of make all that happen, sort of realize that uh, potential of the mentoring. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're spot on. Mentoring is not a new concept. If you approached uh, a public university campus, uh, there is a good chance that campus has five to 15 pockets of mentoring in different departments, in student affairs, in diversity and inclusion, in academic affairs. And mentoring is objectively a good intervention and it is good for student outcomes. There's a whole body of literature on how the right mentor at the right time can improve graduation rates, can improve career outcomes for students. But the, the cold, hard reality is that scaling these programs is incredibly time consuming and resource intensive. Um, so what we observed in our early days is those programs across campus might serve 50, 60, 70 mentorships. And there would often be an incredibly charismatic administrator who had a personal relationship with nearly every single mentor and was driving the program outcomes themselves. But they were also using tools like spreadsheets, um, pizza parties to train mentors, follow-up emails sent manually to nudge mentors and mentees to report some level of engagement. And while that practice works at a small scale, it's very challenging to bring to the broader student community. And there's uh, a body of research on the impact of mentoring in higher education today. And it's very clear that about 50% of college graduates, keeping in mind that those are the folks who, who make it through higher education, um, cite having a mentor um, during their time in, in undergraduate education. And so we, we felt like mentoring wasn't fulfilling its promise of impact, and there had to be a way to scale up that work. And so what Mentor Collective does is we're, we're trying to solve the who you know gap in higher education with the recognition that advising, uh, alumni support, uh, faculty support, these are all core you know, pillars of the higher education experience, but they're not always delivering the social capital necessary to support students. And so we, we ultimately provide three things. Um, the first is research. Um, we've really committed to running randomized control trials, uh, assessments on sense of belonging and retention to understand what uh, forms of mentorship, uh, what tools in mentorship can be the most effective at driving student outcomes. Uh, the second thing we do is, is services. Um, we help universities design these programs based on that research. We help them manage mentor recruitment, manage mentor training, manage program assessment so that we're improving year over year. And finally, we provide software um, to help make this practice scalable. So matching algorithms to ensure the right mentors are matched to the right mentees, that we're managing caseloads effectively, that we're nudging and moving students forward in the programs, and that we're learning and pulling that feedback into something like an SIS or um, an advising infrastructure to ensure that if a mentor finds a challenge that they can't solve for their mentee, the university can deploy the right resources into that mentoring relationship. And you know, very quickly, our vision has become one where every institution has this mentoring layer of either volunteer or stipend compensated mentors to provide additional support on top of advising. 
um, and ensuring that every student going through university, whether they're undergrad, grad student, part-time, online, they all have a mentor who reflects their background and lived experience and can support them on a more personal level. Yeah. And I'll just kind of uh, get to drop this into is that I have started mentoring uh, with my alma mater, University of Delaware. And it's just kind of interesting because I can like kind of just uh, think back to my, my experience right now doing this myself. Because I think, yeah, like it, it's taking that full hearted kind of more sophisticated approach uh, with everything that you're outlining of what you do. And um, because obviously there's a lot of support structures in place for students now, but uh, you know, you could have like, yeah, you have a faculty uh, member, you know, a, a coach or advisor and these sort of things. And those all have their place. But what I realize is that like, you don't often have someone who can really like, give you focused one-on-one -on -one quality time. Like there's, there's other things maybe transactional and um, yeah, just, you know, how you framed it too, like how impactful those relationships are to students as they graduate. And um, yeah, like, it, like you said, it, there's just so much that is like the cult of personality or, you know, you just have to kind of almost get lucky to benefit from something like this and just being able to serve it up one to be more accessible, but doing it like smarter too is just, uh, I don't know. It, it's just really cool to see because I think it is just kind of like, you know, upping the game on uh, kind of just across the board. Um, and I guess if you can speak more to, cause like you said, like you are aiming to really honor, you know, what is a student looking for from, uh, the mentoring experience? What is the, uh, the background, you know, that they have that is going to be important to kind of, uh, share, you know, with the mentor and everything and have some similarities there. So, you know, we'll break it down two ways of like, you know, the students and uh, their mentors. So if you can expand a little bit more on like the impacts that you see on students through this work, so like, you said, like a lot of the students who do end up finishing, they've had some sort of mentoring relationship, but like, you know, what, what does that look like, I guess, for, for students kind of more, more tangibly? Yeah. So I'll, I'll break down the student impacts into lagging and leading indicators and to zoom out you know our ultimate mission at mentor collective is to impact graduation rates and ultimately social mobility we know a student who graduates college is going to make about a million dollars more in lifetime earnings and so you know a college degree remains an incredible gateway to mobility in society um, when we look at the impact mentoring can have it's often who you know that uh, guides you towards the right resources that exist on a college campus. It's who you know that guides you towards uh, internship opportunities, employment opportunities, research opportunities, um, whether you're a grad student or undergrad student. Um, so the lagging indicator is, is graduation rate, it's employment, it's those things that universities are touting to their prospective students that we want to impact. But the leading indicators for the mentee is, is sense of belonging, it's self-efficacy and it's career decision self-efficacy. Um, and so those are all terms that most student affairs professionals have probably interacted with in some capacity. And they're terms and concepts that in the literature mentorship directly impacts. So not only do we measure those uh, impacts across our mentoring programs, but we're designing our programs to drive sense of belonging. And so you called out um, you know, a little bit on the matching. How do we find the right mentor for the right mentee, 
um, we drive this through um, a matching survey that sounds simple in nature, but is, is complex in how it's orchestrated. Um, we're looking to give the mentee agency over who they're matched with, but uh, also remove as much bias from that process and also work around supply and demand constraints of the mentors in the university's network. So um, some things are really important in particular program designs. For example, if we're mentoring incoming freshmen who are from a first generation background, um, that might mean something different about the cohort of mentors we need to recruit and train and would certainly matter in terms of matching criteria. So we look at things like academic major, uh, we look at lived experience, identity, uh, and then ultimately we let the mentor-mentee weight the criteria that they think are most important to the matching relationship. Um, but we, we also have a whole body of science from running over 700 programs in the last seven years that help us understand what levers are really most important to drive engagement and ultimately those lagging measures like improved retention and graduation rate. So a whole body of science goes into each match, but it's also delivered within the confines of, of the scale of the mentor network. And this is why we're, we're so focused on scale. The more mentors we have, the more mentees we have in a program, the more deliberate and accurate that match can be. Yeah, well, I guess that will segue perfectly to talking about the mentors and like the impacts that it has on them. I mean, and I guess if you can clarify too, maybe my, my understanding is not right, but uh, I believe it is, but um, that you have, um, you know, an alumni like myself who would be a potential mentor for a student, but would also like other kind of near peer, like, you know, a fourth year student mentoring a first year student at the same institution. Like, um, I think it's, that's just one thing I, I wanted to clarify, but then also just broadly, like, what do you see is if you kind of had to make that pitch to somebody who might be a mentor, like what are the impacts for them? Like, what are they kind of getting out of that experience? Yeah. So there are a couple models of mentoring we use. One, uh, the program you're involved in is alumni mentoring focused or employer mentoring focused. And it typically engages students who are in the latter half of their college experience, whether that is um, you know, graduate students uh, or juniors and seniors. We are recruiting typically young alumni, uh, folks who are accessible, but have enough professional experience that they can help the student transition into the workforce. Um, the, the place we started though is peer mentoring. So helping uh, incoming students get matched with peers who are maybe a sophomore or junior uh, or one year further into their graduate program. Uh, and across the board, I mean, the value proposition to the mentor is uh, twofold. Uh, one is, is you're building skills that are critical in the workforce today. Um, there's studies that show hiring managers value mentoring skills. It's viewed as a leadership skill that makes you a better manager, a more empathetic colleague. Um, these are things we're working to codify and reflect back to the employer. And if, if you go on LinkedIn today, you, you would see uh, thousands of folks who have actually put mentor collective mentoring or other forms of mentoring on their, their LinkedIn profile. And, and we think that speaks to the employer demand for the, the experience. Um, but on a more personal level, there's a, a ton of research that shows mentoring impacts self-efficacy in the mentor. Um, and if you've ever served as a tutor, as a coach of any form, of a, as a mentor of any form, uh, you, you feel this experience of understanding your own competency 
as you deliver advice to someone a little bit earlier in the journey. And so, um, you know, we see a really diverse range of mentors volunteer. It's not always the straight A student. It's not always the super successful alum. It's somebody who has something to give back. And by giving back, they actually build their own confidence and their own skill set. Um, so that's something we, we're measuring among the mentors. And it's one of the things we try to sell to the mentors is how much confidence they'll build by helping a young person navigate the college experience. Right. Well, and again, just how we've talked about it and you're kind of just continuing to hammer on is like the ability where, you know, the mentor gets connected into this program, the student plugs in as well. And each side kind of uh, sharing what they're looking to get out of the experience. Like, cause otherwise I don't know how it would happen. Like a, a person who is willing to give their time and share their experiences and do all this stuff, like, you know, could go unutilized unless they were, you know, again, lucky to talk to the right person at the university to get introduced or something, you know, like just all those sort of like things that could get in the way. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been really, uh, an enjoyable experience for me. Um, you know, it's only been a couple of months, but, um, yeah, cause they're, they're just like also fellow like history majors and like stuff like that. Just like, you know, uh, asking them about their campus experience. So, um, yeah, it's just it's very meaningful and, uh, yeah, a great way to, uh, to give back and everything. But, um, I imagine that, you know, you like everyone else and I know, you know, I've had to like reschedule mentor meetings and such just cause like, you know, uh, the waves of the pandemic ebbing and flowing and just, you know, uh, all sorts of things like you, you all have been, uh, navigating that as well. Like how, how have you seen, I mean, your team's work or just the work of, you know, mentors, mentees and everything, uh, being impacted by the, uh, pandemic? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely rippled through everything that we do. Um, actually, first and foremost, starting with our, our partner institutions um, who had to react very quickly in spring 2020 uh, and, and are reacting again and again as we go through additional waves uh, and variants. Um, so, you know, institutions are struggling with enrollment across the board. Uh, you know, they're down about 5% um, over the last two years, and that's increasing a focus on the student experience on anything that can impact enrollment and retention. Um, and, and what we've seen is that's manifest in my mind the right way with a greater focus on building you know, inclusive learning environments uh, and a greater focus on mentoring, which is fundamentally a, a social tool to impact those outcomes. And when you talk about social distancing or learning online, uh, one of the most important things to augment that experience with is uh, a relational experience like mentoring. So we've seen mentoring become more important than ever. Um, on top of this, you know, there's the drain of uh, the pandemic on the administrators and the students and mentors where, you know, incidents of mental health challenges have increased pretty radically. Um, there was a study that came out recently in Inside Higher Ed that said, uh, about 51% of students said they had more stress uh, than they did last January. Uh, and this is something that's well documented across higher education. So um, we've seen more students interested in mentoring, uh, more mentors uh, in some ways uh, you know, going above and beyond to support their mentees. But what we were fortunate 
with is that the, the modality we use at Mentor Collective is one that was sort of pandemic ready. Um, we had a lot of partners approaching us about how to bring their um, in-person mentoring programs online. And that's something that um, has, has helped us grow through the last two years, but we're, we're growing with recognition that the students we're serving need more support than ever. Um, and we have introduced a host of resources to the mentors so that they're not going at this alone, um, so that they have a means of handing off more challenging student experiences to professionals. Um, so we have seen an increased rate of housing and food insecurity issues, particularly with some of our two-year institution partners. Um, we, we recognize that the mentor, especially if they're a volunteer mentor, should not be responsible for something so severe. And that's where we started to think about our future and how we can interconnect these mentoring relationships into other resource systems, whether it be financial aid offices, uh, emergency financial aid, uh, mental health counseling. There's a whole ecosystem of support we, we are going to introduce to the mentors so that they can best serve their mentees. Yeah. I mean, I, I've just been observing a lot. Yeah. Just how much, uh, focus thankfully, and kind of finally like digital community building and, uh, you know, that that's gotten over these past two years and it's accelerated and I think ingrained so much more of that. And, you know, that it's not going to replace the on-campus experience if anything is going to kind of augment it and create those opportunities to kind of give that personal touch to more students. And I think, you know, so many things for, you know, anything that a student is struggling with, like you're only going to see it when it becomes an issue and hopefully through like a personal mentoring relationship and all that, like you can raise a flag on something and that's just, you know, concerning and maybe getting, you know, you can get ahead of it a little bit earlier than, Oh, the student flunked a course because, you know, they are experiencing food insecurity and they, you know, just haven't been able to focus or, you know, those sort of things. So, um, yeah. And I mean, it, it, for everyone involved too, I mean, that, that personal relationship in this time of isolation, uh, you know, is going to be really impactful just to, um, you know, create those connections and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's as, as important now, you know, if not more than ever, uh, you know, mentoring being a really important aspect of the student experience, but, um, yeah, I mean, so it's good on you for, for kind of toughing through it uh, with everybody else. You know, we've all been just trying to, you know, stay flexible and, uh, you know, do what we can to keep everything uh, running. So, um, you know, so we've talked about kind of the, the, the history, the story, the kind of uh, recent past. Uh, how do you see this work evolving into the future? I mean, it, it like we said, I mean, this is not like reinventing the wheel. It's just sort of like doing it you know, doing mentoring smarter. So I'm curious kind of like what's on your mind that sort of is like, you know, you know, just do like the research and things that you've done. Like how, how are you thinking about like what, what's on the uh, horizon for you all? Yeah, I, I think about a, a couple of different themes. I mean, at, at a foundational level, we are just scratching the surface of the potential impact in higher education. Um, you know, we've had several hundred thousand mentors and mentees uh, engage with us. Uh, and there's a lot of learning that's come from that, but there are over 17 million uh, folks in higher education in America today. And, you know, there's just so much more impact we can make. So that that's a huge focus of our company going forward. Um, 
But when I think about the future of our impact, uh, it really starts with this concept of the messenger mattering. Um, the typical university has many messengers that interact with students across their journey. Um, there's advising, there is uh, the faculty member, there's the RA, there's all these folks across campus who are there to help, but with more formal position comes more power. Um, and sometimes it becomes more challenging to engage those folks if you are the first in your family to attend college or those folks don't look like you, don't share the same lived experience. And so um, I'm interested in increasing the representation of the messenger base. I see mentoring as a means of doing so uh, and recognizing that um, this, this notion of help-seeking behavior doesn't live in every student. In fact, the majority of students, myself included, as a, a very privileged undergraduate student, I didn't know how to make the most of the resources available to me in college. And it's such a shame to graduate uh, and look back on all the resources I had access to and know that I, I didn't use them to their full potential. And so I'm interested in, in Mentor Collective uh, enabling these messengers, these mentors, to point students to those incredible resources on college campuses. Um, so many centors, uh, so many online tools that students could have access to while they're in college, but don't take advantage of because they don't know they exist or they don't know how to access them. So I, I view the mentor, like the advisor, as another um, messenger that can drive use of those resources um, that colleges are investing in. Um, sometimes those resources are very expensive. And by increasing resource utilization, I think we're ultimately impacting student graduation rates and you know, emboldening and, and reinforcing the value of higher education. So um, you know, to me, I hope in 10 years from now, the typical university campus, if they're even a physical campus, will have an advising infrastructure, but layered right on top of it is a network of peers uh, or near peer alumni, employer mentors who are uh, you know, charged with enabling all the other resources on campus and building that relational experience into the student journey. Absolutely. I think that's such a, a positive and kind of just a effective place to focus is like just the diversity of the the mentor pool and uh, you know what they can give. Because um, obviously there's always going to be a refinement on you know your all's approach and platform and training and like those sort of things like that's kind of a given. But you know I think if you you know, many organizations would have kind of a blind spot that, you know, you're just going to kind of take who's coming to your door, you know, to be a mentor and that sort of thing, but being really thoughtful around uh, who you're bringing in to support. Cause I'm even thinking like, you know, so much, so much of it is like what you're saying, like lived experiences, cultural backgrounds and all that, but like, even where it's just like, okay, yeah, you know, we're supporting online students through this mentoring program. Like, do we have mentors who also like, you know, studied online and they can say like, oh yeah, like these are the strategies that helped. Cause it could even just be like that little kind of hurdle or kind of friction point where it's like, well, I, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, being in a different time zone than the school that you're studying at, you know, online or, you know, working full time with a family and, you know, getting your degree and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, all, all of that matters. And, and to the yeah. point of, of resources, you know, the mentor doesn't have to be the end all be all to their mentee. 
there is a referral they can make to someone else in their network to another mentor in the same program to literature or content that can help address those more specific challenges. And so the mentor is just a node in this resource ecosystem. They are not the person that has to be an expert on every single issue. And that really connects the mentor training and, and how we're setting expectations for the mentor, but also equipping them with those referral tools. Yeah, that is something that I find also like really great about the approach is that, yeah, it can just be that this person is like the conduit, you know, that they're raising the flag and, you know, saying like, oh, you know who the person who can give you, you know, the best level of service is going to be this person or, you know, they don't even have to know who that person is. They're just going to be like, okay, I'll just make a note of this. And then like, you know, that kind of moves down the the pipeline for other folks to kind of grab and be like, oh, okay, this person needs help with this. I'm going to shoot them a message and, you know, uh, get them in touch with who they need to talk to. So it's like, yeah, the, the mentor could just kind of be there to absorb everything that's going on, you know, log that conversation and, you know, raise that flag. And then, um, yeah, it kind of goes from there. So, um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, we're winding down here. We do always like to try to give a quick shout out to any resources that you want to share, uh, stuff that you all have put out or just other books, podcast articles, things that, uh, are grabbing your attention. Yeah. I'm going to go with something tried and true, which is just the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, this is something I personally turn to every one to two years. Um, I don't even read the full book. I, I read the first couple chapters and it, it centers me on my power to uh, interpret the challenges I am facing as an entrepreneur. Uh, it's something I instill into the mentoring I do with my alma mater through Mentor Collective. And ultimately, uh, I think these self-help, self-development books um, can be overwhelming, but this is a really good one that I, I turn to. It's, it's maybe the original. Um, and, you know, I think the journey of entrepreneurship is, in, is incredibly taxing. It can be very lonely at times. Um, I'm lucky to have a great co-founder who's going through it with me. Um, but the most powerful thing I've seen in addition to some of those, those self-help books is uh, listening to the stories uh, and failures of other founders just to normalize what I'm going through and reduce my own imposter syndrome. So it's a little bit less of a book resource, but I've been fortunate to meet other founders, um, other folks working on challenging issues in higher education and just being able to vent together, being able to listen and learn. Um, you know, it, it's what we're trying to accomplish at Mentor Collective is integrating those social relational resources into the college experience. But I've, I've tried to seek out my own uh, through various networks um, as I'm going through the, the founder journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kind of community and stuff is powerful. And um, it is interesting because I feel like um, there's definitely like, and I sometimes like prime people with this for resources, but like you kind of went with like a classic, you know, something that's like always going to been there for you. And other folks were just like, oh, well, this is like the latest thing that I read. Um, so it's kind of just like a fun game for me just seeing uh, which way people take it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great book and uh, definitely great advice uh, as its own kind of resource there is to find folks who can perhaps be a resource to you, be kind of part of a good professional uh, uh, community. But um, yeah, so our final uh, question is, uh, if you have any final thoughts or calls to action to end this episode on uh, about this topic of mentoring and uh, all that good stuff. Well, you've already done it, Dustin, and, and this is also going to be very predictable, but I would encourage the audience to 
consider becoming a mentor, um, whether it is for their uh, alma mater, if they went to college or a local nonprofit. Um, it's one of the most transformative experiences. It does not take that much time. It might be one or two hours a month um, to have a phone call or two and change a person's trajectory. Um, I think when we hire somebody at Mentor Collective, we always ask, you know, did they have a mentor in college or in their life? And, you know, inevitably it was somebody uh, who gave them extra time, um, went above and beyond uh, that helped them make the most of their college experience, make the most of their time as a young professional. And so those opportunities are, are sitting there for those who want to give back. And I would encourage you to do so because it, it feels good and it is good for folks who, who get your time. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Jackson, for, for hanging out and sharing all that you did and for uh, doing this great work and uh, we'll have ways to uh, connect with you and the work that you do and everything that you mentioned in the show notes as usual. But, uh, yeah, this is great. So glad we finally got to do this and, you know, just kind of help uh, celebrate the great work uh, that you all are doing and can't wait to uh, see what you all have up, uh, up your sleeve next. Thanks so much, Dustin. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.